I made those sacrifices for my children. I know they benefit from it, so I'm happy. Hey y'all, it's Lauren and you're tuning in to the LA Way Podcast. And today we have a very special guest, (laughs) my grandma, Lola Rogers. I wanted to have you as my very first guest for the podcast because I feel like you know me really well. We have a lot of, you know, private conversations. I always just come over your house whenever I'm just feeling down and things like that. Even if I don't say anything, I'll come over there and just sit on the couch. I'm probably still on my phone, but I'll come over there just to you know yeah just to hang out get food or just have conversations and even cook yeah and cook sometimes and sometimes you're like what's wrong with you i'm just i don't know maybe it's a cancer thing i'm just a cry baby i'll start crying then i'll stop and i'll be like oh it's nothing wrong with me and stuff so i just wanted to have you as my first guest because i feel like your journey is a part of like my journey like your life and how you you know got to this place and where you are now today so I think first, if we could go back, you know, talk about where you're from. So you're from Mississippi. What specific area and what was it like growing up there? Oklahoma, Mississippi. It's about 100 miles from Memphis, Tennessee. And we were country people. We farm, we garden, and my mother raised her children there, 12 of us. I'm number eight, I think. So what was it like growing up with that many siblings? Because for me, I only have, you know, my brother and my sister, but you have all of these people that are like your first friends. So what was that like? You know what my mother used to tell us? We don't have, have to have anyone else. We could play ball. We had enough to play ball. We had enough to be on different teams. We could play the boys. The girl could play the girls because it was six girls and six boys. And we played together. We gardened together. We did a lot of stuff together because that's the way my mother raised her, Mm -hmm. togetherness. Mm -hmm. But it was a hard life because farming was really, really hard. We had to work hard. We didn't have much, but we had a whole lot of love. Mm -hmm. So what do you remember about that time, about like your family structure or like family gatherings or, you know, cookouts, barbecues, or just having family functions, having people over and stuff like that? Oh, we had a lot of that too. Uh, They... Mostly came to our house or my other grandmother's house. We go there. We go to my aunt's house, my mother's sister, and my mother's mother. And my father's mother lived with us. So I've been knowing her all my life because she never left. She stayed with us all the time until she passed away. Mm-hmm. So what was that like to actually live with your, grand- with your grandmother? Oh, it was wonderful. It was wonderful because... You know, she give us stuff. I guess that was good. <laughs> yeah, because even growing up, you know, we didn't live with you all, but we weren't that far away. You mm-hmm. know, like 10, what, like 10 minute drive, if that, maybe 15 minutes, if you get stopped by all the lights or whatever. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that far, even on both sides, like my mom's side and my dad's side, you know, they both live close to us. Um, So I could imagine if we did live with y'all, like what that experience would be like. Because it was always fun, you know, being able to go with you to church, being able to be with all of my cousins and stuff like that. So I think that was a good ex- experience. It was, it was. And even, you know, taking trips to Mississippi, like I can recall some of them when I got a little bit older, but I know I went, you know, when I yeah. was younger. What was that like to like bring us from, you know, the Chicago area to Mississippi and like our experience of that? Oh, my God. Y'all was so I don't know if I call it dumbfounded. When you see so much of stuff that you didn't see before, like chickens, ducks, pigs, 
horses because it was a farm. And we had little small stores around there. But y'all play like you enjoyed it. You had fun. You could stay outside all day if you wanted to. And you could stay up half the night. No one would bother you because you was in the yard, in the front yard. But my mother always said, when the sun go down, then we need to go on the porch at home. And then we play. We play games. We play dominoes and checkers and you know, and learn how to cook. She was learning to how to cook, but I didn't want into that. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You didn't like to cook? I didn't like to cook. Well, I feel like when I was growing up, you liked to cook, or did you just like no, to cook I, for us? I like to cook for my grandchildren. Right, okay. I did it for my kids because they didn't have no choice. I had mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I enjoy when the kids, grandkids come, they see something different that their mom didn't cook or you didn't see before you eat it. You say, oh, this is good. That make me feel good. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. reminds me of like when you were first showing us like okra and like stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I don't want I don't want yeah, that. Yeah. You know, you got to try it. You know, different stuff. You got to try it. Even though you're not used to it, you have to try it. You and, have to try you know, it to make sure you don't like it. Because if you don't try it, you know you don't like it. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just like a part of the... A part of the culture. Of my culture, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so when you decided to, you know, move up north and move to Chicago, like, what was that experience like? Because I know some of your siblings came before you, and so did mm-hmm. they, like, come home or, like, write letters and kind of tell you, like, this is what well, the city there. life is like. Yeah. You should come. They was there every year. They visited us every year. So when I got 15, I asked my mom, could I come up here with my brother? So I came up here with his wife and... Because they didn't have any children. He had a son, but she didn't have any children. So it was good. It was good. I went to school to Inglewood. And then 17 or 18, I can't remember. I met my husband and we started dating. Then we got married. Then my family started. <laughs> Do you remember that first time when you when you knew you were going to stay for good? What was that like? Just kind of seeing the differences between like more country life and then more like city life. Was it you know, you know, scary? Well, in Mississippi... And it's dark, usually at home and stuff. But in the city, they they up all night everywhere. You could stay up all night, sit them, didn't have to go in the house. It was just different. It wasn't as slow. It was a fast pass here, fast, but it wasn't there. Was it any, like, culture thing you felt like you had to get accustomed to? I remember when I first got here, some little friends up where my brother lived was there. We were playing a ball, so it, Playing ball. So my language wasn't like there. And I would say, chunk the ball. They would say, throw the ball. Throw the ball to me. And I said, chunk the ball. They didn't know what I mean. They didn't know anything about it. Now, that was really different. Because mm-hmm. I thought everyone said that. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you kind of like learn. And they would I say, to, oh, we don't say that here. Like you we say yeah, this word or whatever. This word, yeah. Then I started mimicking them. Whatever they do, that's what I would, you know. Then I learned it and learned it until I got what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So did you feel like when you did go back home to Mississippi that you kind of talked a little different or you acted a little different and your family was like, what happened? You know, what's going yeah. on, girl? My mom did. They said my personality, my voice has changed. I'm talking different. But I had to learn to talk the way they was talking. But we was country. We, we used different words than they did. Mm-hmm. But I soon got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you think about Chicago and where you first lived, do you remember like that address or that street or just like how it was in that neighborhood? 58th State in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Apartment 2. I lived there. Then I went to school in Englewood. 
We lived there. Oh, I don't know how many years. Then I met my husband. That's why I met him there in Chicago at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And we start talking. Mm-hmm. So what was Inglewood like at that time? You remember? Just a lot of kids. All <laughs> Where I was from, it was small, small mm-hmm. schools. This was so many peoples there, different race, mm-hmm. different cultures, different everything. It was just big, mm-hmm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't used to that. Right. Small, small town, small school, all of that. I wasn't used to it. But I got used to it. I got through it. Mm-hmm. So when you think about Chicago, like what comes to mind? Like when you think about Chicago and growing up, you know, on the south side as a teen and kind of into adulthood because you came at like 15. So you have a couple years of high school left and then you had to go right into adulthood. So what was, what was that like? I think it was good. I guess I always had wanted to be grown anyway. (laughs) So it came natural to me then. So it it was good. And so when you met my grandfather, what was that like? Y'all were young. Very, very young. Oh, we talked. Talked on the phone. He come to see me. He was living with it with his aunt, and I was living with my brother. He come to see me, and we met in December, and we were married in April. <laughs> How many months is it? Like four. Yeah, mm-hmm. like four months. Four months. Wow. Did that sound? Mm-hmm. Yep. Met at Christmas time. We got married April the twenty ninth. 1960. 1960. Mm-hmm. Had my first child, 1961. Mm-hmm. So what was that like when you think about, you know, that was that time, but not being able to have that experience, like living by yourself like I have. You know, like I've lived in different places by myself, had apartments by myself. I feel like I'm learning how to share space with somebody else. Like when I think about it now, you know, I'm single right now, but if I had a boyfriend, I would think about it like, I'm not used to sharing my space with somebody. Mm-hmm. So what was what was that experience like? Was it just an easy transition because, you know, you were already living with, you know, your brother and some family, and then you just kind of built your own family. So it was kind of like an easy transition. Very. Because uh, after I got married, I started having children. So I left my brother, went to ours. He wasn't, he lived with his aunt. So we got our apartment. Then I start having children. So when you look back on it, do you do you think about that, or do you feel like it was the best decision for the time for the, what the time was? The bestest decision I made in my life because I got my children. It was the best thing God could have gave me. Mm-hmm. My husband, he was good, very good husband, good father. Now he's a good grandfather and a great grand. So I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. Got a good man. Mm-hmm. I was blessed. So when you all first got your first apartment, do you remember that neighborhood and where that was at? It was in Chicago, 57 in Lafayette. And my brother lives 58 in States, so it wasn't too far apart. Okay. Because uh, when we got married, he was living with his aunt, so we moved with her. And then when I got pregnant... We moved to a different apartment, but she was still with us. Then after my daughter was born, then we got our own, and we lived on 
What was that? Fifty seven in Indiana. Was that when you were in uh, Robert Taylor Homes? Was that the that's the that's the place? That's the, that's the second place where we moved. That's where the kid Robert Taylor, the project thirteenth, the tenth floor, until I had another baby. Then they sent us to the thirteenth floor. Mm-hmm. And you know when people look up like the history of Robert Taylor Homes or Cabrini Green, all these places where a lot of Black folks lived, mm-hmm. um, and they think about how it deteriorated but when you guys moved there it was it was a nice place it was beautiful it was brand new we were the first family that i ever lived in that part that place it was nice it was nice it just got when i had children we wanted our own privacy like a home for the kids and when we left the project then we moved there in uh chicago heights and when you think about that time when you were in Robert Taylor Homes, a lot of the area, it was a lot of black folks um, and black people had a lot more things. They owned a lot more businesses. Um, when you think about like Bronzeville and like all these other areas where it was like considered like, you know, a black, you know, a black neighborhood. Yeah, black neighborhood. I, yeah, um, it was all black. They had houses around there. Then they had the, the projects there, too. So it it was just a, a black community. Does a moment when you lived there anything stick out to you? Like you remember, oh, I remember this happened when we lived in that in that apartment. Yeah, or uh, my daughter, my oldest son, I think my third child. They were going to school. Then some bigger kids start taking from them. You know, they would get uh, like they would get milk and a sandwich or something at school. So the big kid would take it from the, all the little, not just fun, all the little kids, they would, the bigger boys would do that, bigger kid. So after that happened, the last time that my husband said, we're moving, then he found where we were to live, then we bought a home. What did your family think um, when you decided to move to the suburbs? Did they have any, like, opinions about it, or did they feel any kind of way, or what do you remember about Moving from the city, which you, which you've known, you know, grown to love, and yeah. a place that you, you know, you grew up, and then now you're moving outside. What did that feel like? They didn't want me to leave, and I didn't want to leave, but I had to protect my kids. If if it wasn't safe for them, I did. You have to go somewhere else. So they kids was older, so we moved out here, and it was better for them, and for me, and for him. So I enjoy the suburbs. Mm-hmm. The city was. Too packed, too. It wasn't like what what it used to be when you first got mm-hmm. there. When it, it started to change. Started to change. Mm-hmm. People started got me, getting meaner, meaner to each other. They weren't treating each other right, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you have small children, you got to protect them. So you had to leave that part and go somewhere else. That was a blessing. Mm-hmm. I thank God for that. So when I think about that choice and that decision, like it's a lot of sacrifice goes into that. Because you, you sacrifice, you know, leaving your family. Well, you sacrifice two times. You sacrifice leaving your family in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And you sacrifice again leaving your family in the city to go to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. When I say this to you, how does it make you feel? Like, do you do you think like, oh, I did make a lot of sacrifices, but they were for this cause, so I would do it again? Or Yeah. I made those sacrifices for my children. I know they benefit from it. So I'm happy. But I see my family every weekend. So it wasn't like I was leaving so far away. I couldn't see it. Every weekend, my kids, my husband, we always go back. Mm-hmm. And we, the auntie he lived with, we go to see her. 
stay with her, take the kid. So it was better for us, but it still was good because I still seen them. Mm-hmm. Um, in my whole life, I wouldn't change anything that I did. What I did, I would do it again. So when you think about when we started to come into the picture, like your grandkids, like myself, my siblings, my cousins and everything, why was it important for you to like take us with you to the city like on Sundays and like we'll stay all day and like meet our cousins and like have conversations? Like why was that important to you? To do that. Keeping the family together so the older one could teach the younger one. Then you know your family. You get to know the moms and, and the cousin and grandparents, you know, all of that. Because I remember, I don't remember specific street names, but I remember how things look. Like when I think in my mind, I remember how the church looked that we went to. I remember the street I remember, like, Uncle John's house. Like, I remember how things look, but I don't necessarily remember, like, street names or, you know, numbers or addresses and things. But if I, if we just drove through the neighborhood, I would, oh, I remember this, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And I think for us growing up, just knowing that we had a lot of family, but they were, you know, it was like 30 minutes, you know, and about, uh, about 30 minutes away. Um, I think we wanted to know that part of ourselves, too. You did. Because um, y'all had fun. You enjoyed it. You get to see somebody else. They see this person this weekend, the next one the weekend on both sides mm-hmm. of your parents, grandparents. But the the only thing that I do remember, like how you say when you moved, you felt a little different or not like an outsider, but just a little different, maybe like an outsider. I think we kind of felt that way a little bit too when we would come to the oh, city and you feel did. like, oh, well, they think that we are this way because we come from the suburbs or we think they're that way because they come from the city so it's like people having to learn about each other you know we all we were all brought together because of these decisions that you made and family and all of that Uh, how did that make you feel kind of like bringing us around you know it made me feel good because I wanted y'all to know everybody that I know and that's why we took you different places my sisters my brothers so you could know them I think y'all enjoyed it. Y'all played and did what you have to do, you know. It was nice. When you go somewhere, you out of your neighborhood. It's different. So they could feel it too. What are some things that you wanted to teach your grandkids about, like, where you're from? When you think about it, like, oh, I want to teach them about this dish that I used to make with my mom. Or I want to teach them about this you know, family tradition, or I want them to know this. What When you think about that, what what do you think? I like family reunion. That being a whole lot of people's be together. I love teaching our food, not the food that you eat, y'all. You know, go way back to my grandmother, the way she used to cook and the way my mother cooked. And I want you all to know, oh, you may not like it. That's okay. But I want you to enjoy some of that, too. Do you think as life kind of continues that some of those traditions are kind of like being left behind? I think a lot of people's getting away from it, yeah. But I'm not. I want it to stay there. I want y'all to know about it. And most of you like that type of food that we were eating, but you like different stuff. So that's good, too. And you here, you can learn Different cultures, different food, different everything. I think that's one thing about me. I've always been, um, I always wanted to know everything. Uh, I always have, ever since you were little. Yeah, I always ask questions or even when I started thinking about 
you know, when I want to start cooking and stuff, I say, I'm going to come over so you could teach me how to make, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and wanted to make sure that when I have kids, like I know how to make this and I can tell them like, oh, this is how my grandma made it or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. What what does that make you think of when you, when you think about me and like how, how I am about wanting to know things, I guess. Yeah. I'm loving it. I want you to ask questions from me. I want to teach you what I know. And I know the the pie that you made for, was that Christmas or Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Ban- banana pudding? <laughs> Jesse said, your uh, your cousin said it was better than mine, so I guess you got mm-hmm. something out of that. I tried to put my little spin on it. No, but... you did. You did. You did. <laughs> um, but I think that's... You know, that's interesting, right? Like, you teach me something, I learn it, and then I teach it to the next person. Absolutely. Um, And I feel like as, like, black families and, like, black cultures, like, I know you're not on social media, but it's this thing on social media where people will say something and we'll be like, oh, we experienced the same thing. Like, black people have the same lives. Like, they'll show, a like, a comforter or a quilt, and they're like, oh, my grandma had the same one. Or a photo, Um, you know that photo where it's, like, a lot of black people, like, in a club? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I got that at my grandma's house. Or we have the same photo. It's like we have this um, connection, Mm -hmm. and I feel like society or different things try to, like, break that connection up. Yeah. It but, look like it's kind of fading away. But I feel like this the younger generation have to keep it together, remind them where we come from and what we did and what we listened to, all of that. And what I have in my house, I want you to do. I, I keep stuff. So you can look at it if you want to. I remember one time I was watching this video on the Internet. It's a video. This guy, he's like having a speech and he's like telling the kids like the smartest person he knows is like not a college graduate, not a, um, you know, not somebody that he met in the field, but it's like his father and his grandfather and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same for me and probably a lot of other folks. Like, I feel like I learned the most from people that are in my family. Like I could learn things from, you know, people mm-hmm. in the field or people at college and all of that. But I feel like real life values and um, traditions and, um, just life skills. Like, I feel like I learned that from you all. How does that feel like hearing that back, like from me about? Oh, I feel good because you're getting something out of it. You may not say anything, but it's here. So, grandma did that. Grandma did that. And then, if you're interested in it, you want to do it too. Mm-hmm. And church is the most important thing. My mother, I don't care how late you stay up. Or where you want to go, you get up in the morning, go to Sunday school, and go to church. Then after you finish that, you go home, have your dinner, and you can play. Mm-hmm. That I, was our rules. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's the same with us. Even when we would spend a night at your house, it'll be all of us, all the cousins. We'll be up all night playing, and you know, and you'll still make us get up. You know, we'll be so sleepy because we were up all night being silly and stuff. But you'll still make us get up, and we'll get in. Your van, you had a red van. Mm-hmm. We'll get in the red van and we'll go to the city and go to um, Mount Evil. Mount Evil Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure would. Yes, so still there. Yeah, so we'll get in the van. We'll go to church with you. Um, and that was a different experience because, like, even when I went to church with my mom, like back out where we live, it wasn't the same um, type of vibe. I feel like I got the the real like black church experience going with you, like. Go to Sunday school, go to church, have food after church, um, and still get to like 
convene with other people and other kids and other, you know, people in the neighborhood. Whereas like if I went to church with my mom out here, it'd be like, you go to church and you go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like we learned like different things from being with you and like traveling from like your house to the city and coming back um, and yeah. just being with our cousins and kind of like, you know, just learning from each other. I don't even know how to explain it, but it was um, I feel like it's an experience that we that we all share. Like we could talk about it to this day. Like if I was, if I called my cousin, you remember when we went to church with grandma and this happened mm-hmm. and we laugh. Oh yeah, I remember that. Or remember this? Ah, oh, we laugh. Um, so I think that kind of like connected us, um, especially because, you know, our cousins didn't live here. So when they came, yeah, that's true. Um, that was good. When you think about it, do you think about how like your decision to move here kind of laid the land for like all of us to do what we're doing? Like for me to go to college and then start working in the journalism field and do the things that I do or for, you know, like my cousin to be architect or, you know, different things like that. How that decision kind of paved the way for us to be able to do what we we did, even though you might not have got the experiences that you wanted or the things that you wanted to do. But it, you know, it fell on my grandkids or children. So I think that's a good thing, too. If I can do it, it falls somewhere, then I'd be proud of them when they do it, you know? Yeah. So what would be your, um, like, some words of advice for me as I grow into, like, adulthood or, like, womanhood? Because I'm halfway to 30, Grandma. I know. <laughs> I feel like this. You got wisdom to be young as you are. And you always think of stuff, what you want to do. Before you do it, you don't jump into anything. You read it, you investigate, you search it. Did you find out the thing you want to do? Then you work at to get it. I'm proud of you for that. You just not gonna just jump and do up and do this. You have to process it first. I like that, and that's a good thing. You always saw that, always. even when I was a little kid. Ever since you've been little. <laughs> You bossy, but you like that too. Bossy. I thank you, bossy. <laughs> you want things to go the way Lauren wanted to go. Ain't nothing wrong with that either. I do too. I guess that's why my podcast is called the LA Way, huh? Mm, I guess so. I mean, I don't I see anything about, wrong with it. When I think about it, that is true. Like, I like things. I feel like if I thought it all the way through, then, it, then how I thought about it has to be, you know, the right way. Yes. Even though... Sometimes you, you could be wrong, you know, sometimes Absolutely. sometimes you could be wrong. Um, but I think for me, I think I always feel like I have to be authentic to, to myself and like what I what I would want to do or how something would make me feel. Um, and I think that's a that's a good quality as well. But also to learn how to take advice from others, you know, about different stuff that you may not know about. So I think as I'm doing this podcast and doing this show, like I want to talk about the things that I may think is the right way or how I feel or my values or my traditions or, you know, my way of doing things, but also learn from other people. Absolutely. You could keep your tradition all the way through, but it may be something you can bring into your, you know, what you want to do. Ain't nothing wrong with that either. Mm-hmm. My mother always said two heads is better than one. <laughs> so two advice. So what do you think about being my first guest? Why do you think I picked you to be my first guest? It's not just because I just wanted to talk to you. Even though I like talking to you. You like hanging with grandma. (laughs) 
And you know you can talk to me about anything. Anything. And you love me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, this is my maternal grandmother, by the way, Lola Rogers. That's it. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the LA Way on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.